0: Welcome to Cinema Spectator, show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is First Man, directed by Damien Chazelle, starring Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you? I am doing well.
1: I'm well-rested. You know, we took a week off. Cameron, it's good to be back in front of the mic. I'm uh, so proud of you. Cameron finally got an SM... 7b and he just looked he's just he's gonna sound wonderful i just know stop, you guys are just gonna be blown away by the stop you know, being nerdy
0: oh my goodness the five uh, percent audio difference uh, that you, you, got, you the think listeners that- will hear <laughs> you think that they care about what mic I'm using? Ugh,
1: jeez, I was you know for being a scrappy indie podcast, I think we have a pretty decent sound. like I think there's some some very positive audio quality coming out of the show yeah i to- I much,
0: totally so. agree. I actually think that's one of our maybe main assets is that we actually sound good <laughs> <laughs> um compared to a lot of shows i I do actually feel like we we sound um genuinely pretty good and yeah I mean even even back in the day when we were doing ECFS um, we had a a, you know we didn't sound as good obviously um, but we did we we definitely knew almost half of what we were doing you know so we didn't we didn't sound terrible (laughs) yeah and
1: if this is your first uh, impression of the show we're not usually this cocky I'm so sorry for this
0: introduction Cameron how are you (laughs) um i'm doing good i i i don't feel like it's it's cocky i just i feel like we you know if if anything we um you know we're willing to drop some cash for some for microphones that's that's not cocky. there we go um, it's all for you guys you yeah know. i know that's yeah, exactly yeah. um yeah no i'm i'm doing good i it was it was actually good to have a week off i um i you know it was my anniversary this weekend um, actually this yesterday, um, it was, it was my eight year anniversary with my girlfriend. So, um, you know, we, we, uh, had a good time. We spent the weekend together and kind of, it was good to just relax and, and not do anything. We, we actually went up to, uh, Twain Heart, Um, I don't know if you know where that is, but, uh, near, near Pinecrest. Um. Oh yeah. No, I've been to Pinecrest a
1: bunch. So yeah, i definitely, yeah. I've definitely been to Twain Heart somehow.
0: But. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we went up there and we, we, we actually walked all, all of, uh, Pinecrest one day. Um, oh, it, it was it. cool. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, honestly, we, we just wanted to get away and just relax with each other for, for a bit. So it was, it was good to, um, take some time off, but, um, how about yeah, you? How ever- was, how was your week off? Oh, it was good. It was
1: definitely good. I think I just, um, I spent a lot of time hanging out. I I was house sitting for this house that had some of the most ancient dogs I've ever seen in my life. It was like one one of the dogs was 17 years old and had mental issues. So she was tweaking out. She was like a chihuahua. Okay. And uh, the other one had just had a seizure um and was 15 and that yeah. guy stunk like he would take like <laughs> oh, no. he he hated me he would like take secret poops around me and i'd be like what's that smell like what is it? and so i'd be like looking around the house and eventually i'd find it they're just very old and they just kind of you know go to the bathroom wherever so it was kind of a stressful house sitting experience but somewhat still kind of fun just to sit on the couch and play call of duty and all that so it was nice you know juggling work on top of that um overall really positive i was just gonna note if you're from california haven't been to pine Crest, that that lake hike is like one of my favorite things on earth i have yeah, to say it's awesome. it is just um it's not difficult uh but i had a really like special experience there one time when i was uh probably about like three four years ago i went up there with my family and it was during a time where you know california's on fire big shocker and um there was like so much smoke over the lake that it was like, you know, it was just super eerie. There's like, like for some reason we were like on the verge of being evacuated, but they didn't evacuate us. Mm. And my brother and I really want to do this hike called Cleo's Baths. Um, there's one section of that hike where it's like this open field kind of area. I don't yeah. know if you remember that section. Yeah, yeah um, of course. And you kind of just continue down this area where it splits, and you go up a little bit higher. And there's like these natural baths, but Glenn and I, like, we went up there and like the, the smoke was so thick. You have to like rock climb these boulders getting up there that we were probably getting like respiratory problems, but it was just amazing. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it in my life to to experience a hike like that, where we probably shouldn't have been there, but it was like, no one else was up there. Like it was like, it was really special. So yeah,
0: it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful lake. And, and that hike is, it feels very self-contained, you know, you know exactly what kind of where you're going. Yeah. Um, there's no, you know, it, it all feels, you know, very, very contained. Um, I loved going across the dam. Like that was really cool. Cause I think mm. they were letting out a bunch of water. Um, and so it was like, it was like, you know, that loud, like rushing of the water right. you could see it at the, at the bottom. And it, it was just, it was just really cool. There, there was, um, it was, it was neat. Um, I don't know. We, we had a good time, uh, going up Dude, there. So I'm glad that's the place to be. That's an awesome
1: place to get away for sure.
0: Cameron, uh what have you been watching lately? Anything anything good? Anything So of note? much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it's been 2 weeks, so I've watched know. at least I've watched at least 5 movies, I think. Whoa. I don't know. Um Ooh. but two that I want to mention at least. So I watched watched a movie called Heart Eight uh by Paul Thomas Anderson which mm. um I had never seen before but um really really liked that. I thought it was um very interesting in terms of of um the i i guess how it how it dealt with its characters um how it kind of positioned the movie um yeah very interesting it's a debut film uh from from PTA so um yeah we, weird weird little movie um very small scale very kind of uh but like larger than life in a lot of ways um yeah i i really uh i really liked it a lot um, and then I saw a movie called Last Night in Soho, uh, which is by Edgar Wright. Um, mm. New, it's it's in theaters. Um, and yeah, I was a little mixed on it, uh, particularly because I felt like the latter third of the movie – um didn't really hold up as well as the the beginning half and and honestly i thought the beginning was so beautiful and so well done and that that's what kind of let me down was was the last part um the last kind of third of the movie um just really didn't do it for me um i don't want to go into too much detail because it's it's you know it's in theater so i don't don't want to yeah. spoil it but um I would I would still recommend it and honestly like if you're into Edgar Wright if you're into those kinds of movies um I feel like he he's definitely struck something a bit there uh but for me it didn't it didn't follow through enough um and was kind of kind of a letdown in the end uh, which is which is too bad um and then I saw yesterday I saw Dune um and, uh, loved that. I, I had lots of, I have lots of thoughts on Dune. Um, and maybe we can, we could talk about that more in depth, uh, <laughs> some other time, Isaac, but, um, yeah. yeah, I, I, uh, and I'd actually like to go see it again. Cause, um, it, it was, it was something that kind of, um, captured my imagination in a way that ha- is very new and has not happened in a, in a long time. Um, and is one that I um, am sort of continuing to think about in a lot of ways. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely recommend Dune. Um, I don't think it's, I, it's probably not for everybody, I guess, but um, yeah. it it's, it's a movie that for me, I, I genuinely thought was um, something special, something pretty special. Um, yeah. So.
1: Dune is the only film that I've seen in the last two weeks and I've already seen it twice. Uh, absolutely just enchanted by this movie. Um, I was telling one of our Patreons, Tim, who wrote into the show and we'll be hearing from him in a moment, but I was telling him how like it's been so long since I've watched a movie for the second time and felt an emotional impact almost just as strong if not stronger than the first time i've watched it right yeah um and i'm not one to like revisit movies quickly either so it was really weird for me because i walked out of the theater being like well that was so overwhelmed that was such an overwhelming experience that i just couldn't even process it but i am drawn to see it again and the second viewing was even like better because i had already like i was enjoying the spectacle versus just being like almost in awe of the spectacle yeah Does that makes sense uh
0: 100 yeah,
1: uh, yeah so i highly recommend you see this film um if you love sci-fi there's literally like no excuse this movie is designed to be watched on the big screen and i'm not one to say that about any total
0: to- one hundred thousand percent. not only is it designed to be um, seeing on a big screen, it's designed to be listened to on a big screen in a big theater. Um, it's so special. So I saw it at the grand lake theater, which, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like the, um, the greatest and biggest theater. Um, but it's, it's, it's a massive screen, um, a really big space. Um, and it feels like the, the sound in there is, is really, really good. Um, and so like the, I, I, you know, I, I was really, really impressed with sort of how it how it like captured my um capture my imagination in a lot of ways. Like it it made me made me feel like this movie was like the the like massive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, the scope of this movie is so is so ginormous. Um and and it really it really does demand a um a the biggest screen possible. Um I am one of those people who who kind of I always recommend people see it on the biggest screen possible, see movies on it on the biggest screen possible. And this one, I think especially, um, deserves to be to be shown as as kind of a, a spectacle piece. It it really, really commands that, um, I would say. So I don't mind lingering on this topic for a little
1: bit, but I do believe that Cameron and I will be diving into Dune. Maybe as a Patreon exclusive thing, to, yeah, to, well, to kind of co- coincide with this month, uh, which we'll introduce here in a moment. But a la- uh, like, just to kind of bounce off that last thought, right? I had I had seen No Time to Die earlier, and I remember thinking, like, wow, this is like this is a fantastic movie. Like, you need to see it on the big screen. I'm like, this is like a blockbuster, and I'm having so much fun watching it. And then I saw Dune after that, and I was like, no, this movie is for the big screen like i don't know how yeah. to, i know that's kind of like a strange like comparison but like james bond is fantastic on the big screen but it's going to be great at home like dune i almost feel like i'd never want to watch it on a tv and
0: yeah. it's like
1: it's and so with my second viewing i like forced my dad to go like he would he wanted to go see um james bond instead i said no like you got to see this movie like on the big mm. screen it's gonna it's gonna like it's going to be something special for you. So we got, um, I got any, I went up to the second viewing on a bigger screen that I saw the last time with crazier sound. And just from the opening moments, like, you know, you're in for a treat where it like, is that alien language. Right. And I I'm not going to get a spoilers, but it's like dreams or something of like whatever. And like, there's some statement and it's got that low rumbling, like walk <laughs> thing. And you know, and then like the music that explodes from that, I just, Man, I know. I mean, shout out to our executive producer, Darren. If you haven't seen this film, like you gotta go see it. Definitely, I know you're a total definitely. sci-fi nerd. Like, hit me up if you haven't seen it. I'll go see it a third time with you. Like, I am. I am just desperate for someone to invite me to go see this movie another time because I I loved it. So yeah, we, I definitely,
0: we, I definitely want to see it in IMAX. That's that's um, mm. that's totally something I I would. I, you know, I would, I would drop a lot of things to go, (laughs) to go see it at IMAX for sure. There, Um, there are so many moments in the film in the second viewing that like
1: just had like a new life that I didn't like scenes that are like almost overwhelming. I mean, the, the excavator scene, which is just fantastic. Amazing. Some Um, of the best
0: action since like Fury Road like a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent
1: like that scene on the second viewing still had me almost like trembling at the 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 scope of what was going on but there were so many other things that i had missed in the first viewing with paul's experience in that scene yeah. i don't want to spoil it anymore but like this it's been a long time since i've seen a movie in theaters where i was like no i need to see this like as much as i can before it leaves the theater yeah um so.
0: Yeah, a 100%. Um yeah, I I um I totally agree I think we should dive into it deeper um on a uh, a bonus a bonus situation, but um I I hear you have questions, is that true? It's true. We're we're going to start with your hot take, Cameron. Yes. Uh we
1: do this every show. It's just a random question uh that has nothing to do with the film. I promise we're going to get to the movie at hand eventually, Yeah, right? whatever. <laughs> uh Cameron, what do you think of pumpkin in the name of the season what do you think of pumpkin just take it any direction you want to go
0: i love pumpkin um i like uh i actually think pumpkin is a good food good and underrated food um Mm. i know it's it's very much uh you know seen as this flavoring agent which obviously pumpkin is not the flavor uh it's like right. the cinnamon and and coriander and spice and whatever. That's the flavor that people are thinking of when they think of pumpkin. Okay. But that that's, you know, come on. Uh let let you know, it's not it's not pumpkin, but pumpkin is actually a good food. It's a it's a squash, you know? So <laughs> you could <laughs>
1: you could <laughs> You know, Cameron, I could let you rant on this for five more minutes. I just wanna cut you off at this point.
0: I'm oh like, I don't need to hear this. It's a squash school thing. All right. <laughs> Um and it's good as as it's sort of baked as a dessert. Um, obviously pumpkin pie is very good. Um, but uh, you know, as uh, my my parents always, we, uh, my mom loves pumpkin. First of all, but um, she you know we always make this thing around Halloween called stuffed pumpkin, which is, um, you know, basically you bake a mini pumpkin. Um, with fillings and, and whatever else. And, uh, it's delicious. It's, it's a good time. Wow. It's, you know, it's so, uh, so I'm, I'm pro pumpkin all the way. Um, now w- one thing I will say is pumpkin smell, I think is not very good. Um, and I think mm. it's pretty overused personally. Um, and I think I think it has to come down to bad pumpkin smell, really. It smell really. Well, I have to say, um, I walked into my house
1: after house sitting. Uh, that that the uh, the ancient dogs of pee and poo, right? And um, <laughs> my mom had like this pumpkin scent thing, and it was it smelled fantastic. Most times hmm. I hate it, but I yeah, walked in, I was yeah, like, yeah. whoa, what the? This is amazing to be here. Maybe yeah, I'm I, maybe... no,
0: I'm sure there's good pumpkin smell. Usually, it just tastes or it just smells a little bit. Um. A little bit fake for my, mm. for, you know, it, like it's, it's, it's like a little bit off um, and it kind of just smells like overwhelmingly like cinnamon and, you know, I, and I'm, s- I'm just kind of surprised how much you're into like actual pump.
1: Like I got to ask you, Kevin, would you ever take a bite out of a pumpkin?
0: Yeah, I've definitely, I've eaten oh. pumpkin. I've eaten pumpkin for sure. I I mean, if it's baked, obviously. No, yeah. I'm talking about like like would you take a bite out of a raw pumpkin? Out of a raw pumpkin? No, yeah. would you take a bite out of a potato? <laughs> what what are you like stupid? Your your your, your,
1: <laughs> your perception of pumpkin is like you want filet mignon pumpkin. You don't want meatloaf pumpkin. Uh, no, uh, you know?
0: no, no, pumpkin is like a potato. Like, do you do you eat raw potato? No, but is potato delicious every way that it's cooked? Yes, obviously. <laughs> well, but I will say that I think
1: potato mixed with almost anything you can't mess. Up. I mean, like I had a Korean corn dog recently, and I was like, wow, this is crazy to put potato on the outside of a corn dog. I feel like I'm gonna explode. But you know, I. I feel like pumpkin be it's it's been overdone you know it's been
0: not not pumpkin pumpkin as a flavor yeah but not pumpkin yeah. as a as a as a squash no
1: <laughs> yes pro squash cameron is pro yeah. squash i love squash well, squash is good On that note, uh, this is a movie podcast. Um, No, it's it's not. Come on.
0: Don't lie. (laughs) Don't lie to the audience. You can
1: support (laughs) us at patreon.com slash ECFS productions. Get an exclusive commentary track or episode if you want to hear us talk about Dune. Make sure to check it out. Patreon.com slash ECFS productions. Only for a dollar you get access to that. Uh, You can also have your questions read on air. Claim the ability to vote on films that we watch each month. And if you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. We just appreciate ratings. Tell friends and family. That helps the show grow. One of our patreons, Tim Smith, Tim Smith, I got that right, uh, wrote in a question. I'm asking our patreons lately to really take advantage of their question asking. I'm like, come on, guys. Write us something meaty. So Mm. this is going to be the last side tangent before we get into the film. And Juzo has a question for us at the end of the show. Tim has a question uh, regarding Wes Anderson. So I'm going to try my best to read this right. Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch is the most Wes Anderson quote-quote style of film to date, meaning all of his quirks, symmetric shots, music, and color palette went to 11. I heard some criticism on this film uh, as it would be too sensitive for some viewers, and it was catered really heavily to intense fans. So, is it a good thing for a director to have full say on the direction of his film? Does it hurt a film? Or is crafting a film for your fans better? Side note, some of uh, 2021's films have been released on streaming services and theaters on the same day. It's almost impossible for general audiences to know the numbers behind streaming services. Mm. But how should we begin to define the success of a film that bombs at the box office, but is generally popular on streaming? So that's kind of like two questions. Let's just go into the Wes Anderson thing, Cameron. I don't know anything about Wes Anderson um, and his opinion on the French, the French dispatch. Um, but I think the, the broader question about creatives making things for them first versus, and, and for their fans versus like maybe appealing to a broader audience. I feel like I know where this is going for you, Cameron, but what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. Interesting. Both very good questions. Um, I like, I like the direction, Tim. Um, Yeah, for for me, um, one of the things that always has bothered me is when directors start making films for their fans or like for the expectation of what their fans think uh, of think a Wes Anderson film will be or think a I, I think actually. Tarantino is probably most, um, notorious for this. Um, you know, he, in, in some ways until his last movie, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, um, he had made movies that were for his fans in a lot of ways. Um, and for me, I always want to see directors stretch their legs and kind of, um, find new avenues to be creative. Um and I I don't I honestly don't think that's a tall thing to ask. Like I obviously they're they're comfortable with what they do and they're comfortable stylistically with, you know, with with where they position themselves. But I think people like Wes Anderson, I I think Wes Anderson has explored a lot of different um maybe not styles, but he's just explored a lot of different um Scenarios, I guess, and and I would kind of be interested in seeing him pick up different, um, different concepts as well, or different different styles as well. Um, so uh, I mean, for me, i'd I'd always I'd always want a director to to not cater towards a like a a general audience necessarily, but but do something that is outside of their wheelhouse. Um, and I always find. There's something interesting and, and usually there's something good about what come, you know, good about seeing a director do something very different, um, from his, his usual element. Um, you know, you, you think about someone, someone like Hawks who, who made so many, um, you know, um, basically just talky comedies, um, for, for half of his career. And then he stretched his legs into so many different genres, um, and there there's something special about that. there's something that you you don't really get nowadays. Um, and you know i I was thinking a lot about our our discussion with with Ariaster and and hereditary because um, he's another person that I think is relevant to this topic um, and I don't know for me i I want Ariaster to make like a drama in a lot of ways you know i i want him i want him to do something kind of straightforward and make make a movie that's about um not something supernatural or you know horror element um but something that is uh all-encompassing i guess um so so yeah i i i i you know i want directors to stretch a little bit i i want them to be a little uncomfortable because I think that's actually when, when you get the best art. Um, so.
1: My thoughts are very split on this because I think most people can relate with someone or some sort of creative that you're just kind of like bought into their journey as a creative person, whether it's a filmmaker, an artist, um, you know, a music maker, someone that is doing something creative or stylistic maybe like an influencer or someone that's making digital content of some kind. Sometimes you just become like a super fan of someone and what they do. Mm-hmm. But I I do think that so often I don't care about the creator and what draws me in is that grab that sort of transcends fan love and also like someone who might be somewhat similar like in a similar camp. I had a recent experience listening to an artist named um, San Holo, who's like an EDM artist. And he did his last record called, um, what was it? Album One, like back in 2018. And one of his songs came up just randomly recently. I've been listening to this record nonstop after I heard this song, but it's called like BBUOK or something like that. And I'm just like, it was like that initial catch where I was like, I like this sound who is this? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's like, there's that initial catch that you, that they get you in the door and then you kind of like fall down this hole of like creativity. Um, And so for me, like most of the time, like if a creative is like, I'm going to go all the way out there for my fans. Like, let's say a creative is like, I'm, I'm just going to like Make a movie in Latin with no subtitles because that's what I've always really wanted to do. you know, like it's kind of almost blocking a lot of people from enjoying something good. like I feel like you're just so separated from reality in some kind of way. I don't know, like I tend to be more critical of that. I love when um a creative or like a especially a director in movies like they have an ability to reach both crowds with something that's like masterful you Mm -hmm. know um that that's what really draws me in so i don't know very much about wes anderson i know that he did do that movie isle of dogs i don't really know anything about
0: anything else about him i'm sure we'll cover him
1: eventually yeah Um, we should
0: we should um i i i appreciate wes anderson a lot um i loved i think my favorite of his movies is moonrise kingdom um just a very touching movie in a lot of ways and and one that um left kind of an impact on me as as a uh, as a young adult um mm. and um yeah but but for me you know there are there are genuine super fans of his um and he's he's one of those directors who kind of has a has a quote unquote following. So I, I get where Tim's coming from with, with talking about, um, his work as being like very catering towards like the, the ultra fans of, of Wes Anderson. Um, yeah, which it's,
1: it's just, it's just like George Lucas.
0: Um, so. uh, not really, not really. Um, Cameron's hesitation on screen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah.
0: um, I I do want to tackle a little bit of what Tim talked about in in the, you know the second part of his question because I I do think that's interesting. Um, he talked about sort of how do you judge a movie's performance um, in in sort of um, I I guess um, how do you judge how does a general audience judge a movie's performance when you you actually don't know what what the box office numbers are. Um, because they're they're on streaming um yeah this is this is super interesting because this is totally new landscape for um for movies and and for content in general i mean people are are um you know it was a very easy metric to find out whether a movie did well or not beforehand you looked at the budget you looked at sort of the percentage of of how much more the the how much more box office uh, than the movie's budget it made. And that's kind of how you determined whether or not the movie did well or not. Um, you know, if a movie made, um, twice its budget, that was kind of seen in a lot of ways that was, you know, it wasn't seen as a failure necessarily, but it was kind of dicey a little bit. Um, people wanted to be making a lot more than just twice the budget. Um, and especially, you know, you could break it down by domestic or or international international gross and whatnot. But, um, you know, there was there was an actual physical metric that we could look at before, and now with Netflix, I mean, it's been like this for forever. Um, even you know, even on in the TV days, you could look at the uh, the Nielsen rating, um, and see whether you know, see what, uh, uh, a show was do, see how many ratings the, the show was, was pulling in basically. Um, and you cannot do that anymore. And it's been like that actually since Netflix sort of became the dominant, um, TV platform. And, um, that's, that's very interesting and it's not something that I have an answer for necessarily. Um, I guess the only thing that we can say is, Uh, We could look at a movie's past performance um, by their future um, uh, by, uh, I guess, not just the sequels, but what gets greenlit in the future, essentially. Um, So the only way that we'll be able to know that Dune did well and, you know, Dune had a theatrical release. Obviously right now it's doing pretty well and comparatively I wouldn't say it's like a smashing success, but it's, it's doing a lot better than, than Blade Runner did. Um, And it, the only way that we can know that, that it's kind of on track for what the, um, you know, what the studio was, was looking for is that it got greenlit. The sequel got greenlit. So, yeah, um, the, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're going to have to look for in the future is, Okay. Either does the, the project get picked up by the next, um, you know, does uh, the project get picked up by the same, uh, studio for, for the next time? Like, does the Scorsese make another movie with Netflix? Um, does, uh, you know, does is, is Dune going to get a sequel? Essentially, you know, like that's kind of how we're going to be able to gauge, but we really aren't going to have that concrete number anymore. Um, and it's, that's a little bit unfortunate because we, we are not going to be able to see, um, the end anymore. Um, and it's, it's going to be a problem. I can tell you this right now, it's going to be a problem with general audiences where, um, you know, Either the media or you know something is going to try to sway you one way or another, um, sway the audience one way or another, and it's it's not going to work, and there's there's going to be confusion on what what actually is successful and what's not successful. Um, I'm just telling you right now, there's, there's going to be an issue with it uh, in the, yeah. in the next 10 plus years. So um, yeah, yeah, if it, get if ready. If, it,
1: if, if it isn't already happening, right. I, I can't believe that Dune wasn't greenlit for a sequel. When I walked out, I was like, man, I can't wait for the second one. And then someone told me, they're like, well, it's not greenlit yet. And I was like, what are you telling me that I just walked out? And then the week later, right. It was yeah. like, okay, yeah. yeah, it's confirmed. And I was I was like, wow, that's, it's just weird. It's strange yeah. that nobody knew. Even it seemed like even in some of the press interviews of the cast that I was watching on YouTube, they were like, well, well, just the part- fact that it
0: was, it was called Dune. You know? Yeah. It was just the fact that it was, it was sort of, um, there was no reference in the marketing material to it being a part one and part two, you know, there But was, it, I mean, when so. the movie starts, it says part one. So Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but, it, but it was not, it was not offered essentially as a, as a, you know, part one movie. So yeah, know, whatever. Um, I, I do feel like we should intro the, <laughs> um, not just well, the movie, I, but the month, but you know, we, we can, we, we, I'm sure we're going to go long cause we have, we have a lot to catch up on. So it's fine. It's fine.
1: I mean, they, they missed an episode last week. Come on guys. We're doing it. We're doing it for the fans. So.
0: Uh, Cameron, I want
1: to pick your brain on this though, Yeah. just to bounce off this topic that Tim's talking about first man, the movie we're talking about today Mm -hmm. in terms of the performance and
0: whatnot. I don't know why I have a feeling that nobody has heard of this movie. True. I'm not entirely sure why. Very true. Um, yeah. So, um, I was actually looking at the numbers earlier, um, and I don't want to say it did terribly, but it definitely did not do very well. Um, and, um, it was it was kind of so man i I actually kind of wanted. i didn't want to intro this as sort of the the point of the movie, um, right but the um partially what happened to this movie was like such an astroturf campaign against it um mm. um and one of the things that happened was there was a lot of uh there was a kerfuffle about not showing the uh, flag planting sequence. Um, you know, that's, that's very famous, um, on the moon landing. And that was sort of a, a, you know, a, um, that was kind of a Fox news take, uh, which genuinely, uh, you know, uh, that, that's why I didn't want to get into it to, to begin with, because this movie, um, I think has so much more to say than, than, um, Well, first of all, it's a very patriotic movie, um, genuinely, but um, also it, it has so much more to say than that. It's, it's a, um, it's an extremely, um, you know, it's a, it's a movie about fatherhood and, and much more than that. But, um, but yeah, partially it, it definitely got buried, um, and and weirdly, you know, it's it's funny. I was I was talking about this with with Juzo how um, movies that are or you know people who are kind of um, uh, quote unquote canceled by the left um, in a lot of ways they get. Uh, you know that you know, like Gina Carano. Um, you, do you know her? Um, right. You know right, she right. she was then hired for a movie, but you know by the Daily Wire and whatnot. So like, there's like this this like protection on that side, and then um, in you know in some ways, this movie got astroturfed by the right, totally unreasonably, um, and and there was no there was genuinely no um, like surrounding like hurrah for this movie, um, from the other side. In fact, I, I was reading a New Yorker article today, um, that was basically like, oh yeah, this is actually, you know, whether or not the right is, is taking down this movie, this is actually just like a reactionary, um, you know, far right movie. So whatever, like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's like, it's so weird. So, um, this movie got totally like, like smeared, um, before it came out. Uh, so I, weird. i don't want to i don't want to the problem is i don't want to preface this conversation with that um i well, guess you're, ma-
1: you're making it you're making it clear Kevin. i think if if you made it this far in the episode you know we like to take tangents but it is an interesting fact and i think i mean i was completely unaware yeah of this conversation around the film so i'm really excited to share my thoughts on it
0: yeah yeah so um yeah that that, that was kind of what was happening behind the scenes and um, it's super unfortunate because I think this, this genuinely, um, great movie got, uh, totally dismissed and, and, um, shellacked, uh, by everybody, um, and not given any chance. And, and like you said, it, you know, it came out to, to basically no, um, you know, no fanfare at all. Um uh, did very poorly at the box office, um, you know, it, so, you know, budget wise, it was about $60 million, um, box office wise, it was about a hundred million dollars, um, which, you know, generally is considered not a flop, but, uh, pretty bad. Um, uh, you don't mm. want to see that kind of return. Um, yeah. you know, when you spend $60 million, you're, you're expecting to, to gross at probably at least 200 to $250 million, um, at least. Um, so yeah that that was um you know probably a major disappointment um and uh you know it's it's really too bad um but that's that's totally not um uh, the thing that is Im- m- most important about this movie um the most important thing, I mean, and in introducing this month is that this is the third feature film from Damien Chazelle, um, who I think is one of the foremost directors of. So um, welcome to Modern Young Directors Month. And I kind of want to preface that by saying uh, there, I don't really have any rules about that, um, but I will say Generally, my thinking is directors who kind of had their major movies or major starts in the 2010s, they don't necessarily have to be like super young, (laughs) like and partially that is because there really isn't that many very young directors anymore. Um, And it's tough because there's, there's, you know, even the sort of, you know, super indie um, young directors, a lot of them are in their sort of later 30s, 40s. Um, and so, you know, it's it's hard to kind of pin down like an age range for this, for what I'm kind of talking about. So the directors that we're going to go into are going to be um, younger and starting their career in the 2010s and sort of having their major breakthroughs, I guess, in the 2010s. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important because because I what I'm what I'm trying to get at with this month is where are we going as a film industry? Um, where are we sort of positioned? And are we actually cultivating young filmmakers or not? And I would say my <laughs> my position on this just to be upfront is that I don't I don't actually think we are cultivating a young film um, authorship class. Like I I don't think we're I don't think we're we're giving a lot of tools to young creators nowadays. And, uh, you know, oftentimes even young directors who are talented are kind of funneled into, um, you know, not just Marvel movies, but also, um, TV, I think is, is sucking a lot of really good talent, um, you know, from, from actual, you know, feature films and whatnot. So, Um, it's interesting to this, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up was because, um, it's interesting to see in 2021, where we're going to, where we're going to be at in terms of how movies, you know, who's making movies in the next, um, 10 to 15 years and how are they going to be positioned? You know, how are we positioning young creators, um, nowadays? And I, I think transparently, I think the, I think it's, it's bad. <laughs> I don't, mm. I don't think we're doing a good job. And so I wanted to bring up sort of standouts in who I think like what, what we can do, um, and who are sort of the greats of nowadays, um, who are the greats, of, great come up stories of the 2010s. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, there's, there's a, there's a worry in the back of my mind, so um, that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm bringing up here.
1: So I am so excited to get into this month. Um, you know, they say that '70s the new 50. so I I guess that translates to Hollywood too. Under 45 years old. Um, I know that doesn't seem like young and up and coming, but I think you're 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 um, staging it right, Cameron. We're trying to look at who are going to be the prolific figures in Hollywood in the next 15 years. And we're looking at the people who are kind of in their early stages of career that have so much more to give where you look at, I mean, we love Scorsese, but we don't know how many movies he's got left.
0: You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, Tarantino it, as well said that he's going to retire, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, Fincher is, is, you know, in his later sixties and um, I don't think he's going to slow down anytime soon, but, but, you know, he's, he's at a point where, you know, you, you got to start worrying about him a little bit. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of these directors who we consider sort of the, the tippy top of, of, you know, what, what directorship means um, who are, are kind of, Um, I don't want to say running out of steam, but, but you, you know, you start looking at your watch (laughs) when you, when you think about the the next movies that they have. So um, it's, it's concerning a little bit that we're not actually, I I'm worried that we're not actually cultivating um, young talent. So, yeah.
1: Well, let's get into this film and we can close out our thoughts on the month. And of course, we'll be reflecting on the conclusions of the theme towards the end of the month. So make sure to tune into each episode and our interpretations on that. Cameron, um, should I get into my impressions of this movie? Yeah. I think uh, I'm, I'm ready to talk about it.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: I want to start by saying I am not drawn to biopics mm-hmm. at all. Um, I think that they are... M- scary for me as a lover of history because most often they get carried away in things that um, misrepresent history or they they kind of reinterpret them in their own way right I there I can't really think of a biopic that I'm really drawn to Um, I think I've seen a lot of war movies based on a true story right that have been engaging and exciting because the based on a true story is loose enough that it can be a good action movie, right? Um, you know, a lot of people talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, which might not be the most like flawless film that you've seen. And I, you know, personally, I feel like I'm not a massive Queen fan, but something about that film felt more like you were going to the concerts than actually like. Uh, experiencing the life of the character, even though they were trying to do that, you're really just waiting for the next show, right? In that movie. With this film, I was like, okay, it's about the guy who lands on the moon. I wonder what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. This film starts off with a pretty intense action set piece that you're like, what is this? Like, I don't quite understand what's going on. This has got to be one of the first biopics that uses. The historical settings and the events as actual setting instead of the pillar of the film or the foundation of the film, right? Um, I absolutely love this film. I thought that, I I mean, I was genuinely shocked about how little I had heard about it in the middle of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is one of the best roles I've ever seen Ryan Gosling in. And he channels some of, what i loved about his performance in drive which is like this contemplative silence like this masculine presence that can't quite put his feelings into words but he's expressing them in his own way and the movie tackles so many dark themes around grieving and striving for achieving your dreams with remaining hopeful and consistent in tone and uh genuinely heartfelt to the ending moments um really not being about the moon landing at all yeah and really reflecting on an individual's journey and i think what i love so much about this movie is that you don't have to give two craps about the moon landing and this movie can really mean something to you and what's cool is that i actually like some of the nasa stuff i enjoy the history of the space race and so those were just like that was like the icing on the cake you know the the cherry on top it they actually show some some fun public feelings about you know nasa and the government spending and some commentary about how people's perception uh was like wh- where they were feeling in terms of the space race and that also plays into you know uh neil armstrong's experience as a character right i i mean i i don't know how much higher of praise i can give this movie i think you should watch it most definitely yeah. and um again i hate biopics so <laughs> i just i don't know like i'm just kind of surprised how much i enjoyed it
0: yeah I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that because um that that was my feeling as well and you know i'm i I've been a little bit hit or miss with biopics. I think there, there's some that are very good. Um, I, for example, I love, um, darkest hour. I think that's like, it's spectacular movie. Um, but, uh, you know there there're plenty of other examples where you like uh totally phoned in um you know American
1: not... sniper yeah yeah i i
0: agree i don't, i don't like that movie yeah Jews is going to hate hearing that but uh yeah i think i think that movie is like like pretty boring and, and not very interesting but um the yeah, this this movie, to me, um, I was so shocked and actually kind of upset when this movie came out that that people were like giving it such a um, a bad rap in a lot of ways. And actually, if you see the uh, the critical reviews of it, um, it's very positive. Everybody really who's kind of seen it, uh, everybody really likes this movie. Um And the problem is it really had had a bad time coming out and and was was generally buried um, in a way that I, you know, I I think is totally undeserved. But uh, for me, what is so effective about this movie is you feel that the um, the personal struggle of of Neil Armstrong is is a um, is a universal struggle. Um, something, you know, almost this achievement of greatness at, at great cost, um, of, you know, his own, his own personal, um, you know, his own personal life and, and in, in a lot of ways, his, his friends and, and sort of the, the people that he cares about. And there's this, there's the sense that he, um, as a, as a, as a character and i you know i i can't really speak to him as a as a real person um although i did i did receive a letter from buzz aldrin once so um you know that's oh. a, that's a that's an an interesting wrinkle to this i wait, know him wait, personally what, what wait what um, are you talking about no i, I <laughs> <laughs> um and it was my uh my eagle scout Um, you know, when you, when you become an Eagle scout, you send a bunch of, uh, you know, they, people send you letters essentially. Um, and so, you know, I got a, I got a letter, letter from Buzz Aldrin, one of the, one of the very prized letters that I have. So, um, that's awesome. Um, you know, obviously, uh, unfortunately, actually, um, Armstrong was, had passed away by that time, but, um, Mm. uh, you know, so um, these were actually personal heroes of mine, you know, genuinely, um, and growing up, I had, I'd always loved the story of the space race and sort of the, um, you know, the complicated history around, um, you know, America versus, versus the Soviet union and, and kind of, um, it was, it was something that I was interested back then, um, and even now, I mean, it's, it's something that kind of, you know, every time I see this movie, I, I get teary eyed when, you know, at the, you know, when they're in quarantine, I guess, spoilers, they come back, they don't die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, they're in quarantine and, and JFK, the, you know, they're, they're listening to the JFK speech and, um, you know, I still get, I still get teary eyed in, in that, that moment. But, um, I like what you said in that, um it really is not about the the sort of um, the actual moon landing it it really isn't um in a lot of ways yeah it's about the character um and the character of Neil Armstrong and what it means to be someone um who is destined in a lot of ways for for you know for greatness um and the responsibility that 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 imparts on you Um, and almost the the crippling weight of that responsibility Um, but 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 even further right I think what was so surprising for me
1: and and you touched on this is how relatable this character's journey is yeah maybe because like you imagine someone who's going to the moon and being instated as this historical figure would be hard to connect with in in some sort of way right they're just they're on this journey of like just like epic proportion
0: but he's such an everyman
1: (laughs) yes exactly and i think what i think what's surprising about it or, or i think i guess in a writing form what what i really liked about it is that it was it's kind of something that um Neil's character is unable to avoid at a certain point, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, where he's he's put in enough time, you know, like I think about myself where it's like I put in this work for a college degree and I'm starting my career, and at a certain point, it's somewhat solidifying the trajectory of where I'm going, right. Um, and that's not to say that you can't switch and and move things around, but I'm probably aimed to finish something that I'm starting right now. Um, and I guess, like in in a personal sense, I was like, wow, it's it's kind of like this movie explores the reality that like life goes on, and the people around you, you know, they come and go and the toll that that has on someone that's trying to achieve a very linear objective in some ways like uh, the amount of pressure that's on that person um and and the toll that it takes on on Armstrong's character it's just i really didn't think i was going to be able to relate to someone who is trying to go to the moon but the the story is very much like it it's i don't know like it's it's um it's super reflective. It's very, it's very personal somehow. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and part of it has to do with his relationship to his family. And yeah, and I think that's, the, that's the very, the thrust of the, the movie is about how, um, I almost it's, they, there's so much about being a father, um, and being a, um, like a genuinely responsible person, um, someone who, who is facing, you know, something so dangerous in, in their life. Um, but who, who also has a necessary responsibility to, to their kids. Um, and, and someone who also has a, a genuine love for, for their kids. Um, and, um, refreshingly there's there's so much good about him as like a dad figure um Mm. you know what i mean like there's and there's not a lot of movies nowadays that tackle good dads (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and and that that really is a shame because i think a lot of people um so many people probably need something like that um yeah as as an not as an example but but need something as a as as sort of a um need that as a as a good story in their lives um yeah you know someone I mean, shout
1: out shout, not, sorry to cut you off but like shout yeah. out not to bring it back to this but shout out to dune for doing that too i was yes. back. yeah how, yeah yeah 100%. how hundred percent how good um oscar isaac is in that film and you're just like you love him but i totally agree about Gosling in this movie too.
0: Yeah, and and um, it's it's interesting because that's that's something. I, I mean, at the time when I saw it in 2018, um, I was totally taken aback by how it was. It was about a um, a father basically chased uh, uh, f- faced with the the biggest challenge anybody had ever been faced with at the time, um, and how and not about him, but really about how he um like really about his family in a lot of ways and really about how he he was um doing it for his his daughter um and doing it as a um in some ways like as a sacrifice and and it was so like it was so refreshing to to me to to see that um on screen and portrayed in such a beautiful and poetic way um that that i was like i was genuinely like um like shocked i was i was actually shocked at the at the movie um when i came out of it because i was like this is a movie about um about fatherhood that is is saying something good and decent and and saying something so um so correct um <laughs> i i've i've been we've been so lacking in that in that feeling, it was like, you know, it was like, it was like water walking through the desert. It was so, it it was so beautiful to see. And now, you know, again, watching it, you know, I I was, I was, you know, uh, I was, I was tearing up in many moments with, with, you know, especially when, when he's, um, when he's playing with his kids in that, that sequence, like it, it just, it just makes me I I, I don't know. There's something about it that, that makes me so, um, it's so bittersweet and, and done so beautifully that I, I, I just can't help, but, but be moved by it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, (laughs) I think part of it is, is the score by Hurwitz, which I think is, is amazing and so well done. um, but part of it totally is, agree it part of it is also the 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 filmmaking um and and i think i think chazelle well first of all he he knows he knows how to elevate your emotions with with music in a way that that is is brilliant um but also he he knows what what character like he knows about character motivation um and there's something so special about what what he does with these characters. Um and one thing that I will point out is that the writer of this movie is the writer of both Spotlight and The Post. Um two movies that I kind of notoriously don't like. Um and and it 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 works so well um in this movie. Like his his writing works so well and I think partially it's it's probably the performance and and the filmmaking the craft of of what chazelle is doing um there's something very very special about about his filmmaking in this movie so um yeah yeah i i i
1: I was stunned by ryan gosling's performance in this movie and i think that he is someone that has shown moments of greatness in acting and then there's other moments where he's used as kind of like the sexiest man of the year kind of thing um i i don't know like i've i've always kind of liked him because of you know his 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 role in drive and i I thought that's like i don't for me that that's always been an important movie that connected me to exploring more out there movies um, when i was in oh, early in college but i just when i first saw him for armstrong i'm like i don't think this is the right guy and <laughs> within five minutes of the movie i'm like oh no like he's bringing something that i don't think a lot of actors could bring yeah to a character like this um just to touch on the score again i don't know why but this movie has a sound of like the old I Spy books, where you'd open up like the moon picture, where you're like looking for stuff in I Spy. I don't know if that makes sense, but like uh, it, the do, score it does.
0: Like- um, so there's an instrument called the theremin, which is kind there of a, a classic 1960s instrument, uh, and it's something that Neil Armstrong jet actually loved in real life. Oh my um, gosh. And you know there there are actually two, uh, one or two pieces in this film um musical pieces that uh were Neil Armstrong's favorites. Um I love it. And and so it was it was kind of a lot of the music was actually based in sort of real life um and and so yeah the the that feeling that that old school kind of um sci classic kind of sci-fi vibe um part of it is is the theremin and sort of instruments used but part of it I I think um is elevated by by Hurwitz's um composition and and it's there's something about the score that is very haunting and beautiful at the same time it's 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 like mysterious and um and gorgeous and and it like draws you in I don't know I don't know what it is but um it's it's so beautiful
1: yeah I found that the the score was so pleasant mixed with um, the presentation of this movie, I think that this film has some interesting cinematography that was a little off putting. Um, mm-hmm. I had a moment where I was watching it and they're like shaking the camera to like represent like the takeoff of the rocket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like this is, this makes sense. And then like a little <laughs> bit later, there'd be a dramatic scene with the camera like being fumbled left and right. I'm like, are they taking off in a rocket or is something just happening? Like I just felt like, there were these moments in the film where that were supposed to be like, kind of like adding stylistic intensity, but it kind of felt like the cameraman had never held a camera in his life. And I was like, this is, this just feels like they're cutting to the next camera. That's on a tripod just because they don't want to see that guy holding the camera anymore. Um, and maybe that's just the editor in, in my brain um, who's done too much video work, but I, um I found some of the cin- cinematography to be, weird but not like not like breaking the film it was just kind of like eh, it was sort of an an odd choice when the when the camera's being held still i think this movie is extremely gorgeous
0: uh, yeah i i actually kind of agree um i i do think the cinematography is very very good in this movie um generally but i i i kind of agree there's a couple interesting choices um where it, it's like it's like you know pseudo documentary style um right where where i almost feel like it 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 feels a little bit out of place um and i yeah. i noticed that at um this time watching it um where i was like this is a weird snap zoom i don't know if we needed yes, to do that i know like, which you're you're yeah, scene um, you're, you're talking about you know and, and and but but to me like i don't i don't really i don't i, I don't want to say i don't judge that but i i kind of um you know that's that's fine to me i although most people are not going to notice no movie. no not not at all and um to be fair like the you know there are moments where it's like it's it's there's it's so gorgeous like yeah part, parts of these this movie is like insanely good looking um and you know and i love i love the not just the the framing and the composition, but the the sort of the palette and the production design in in this movie is like very like realistic sixties. Um, and I think the the camera choice, you know, making it on on thirty five millimeter film and and kind of blowing it up to to a bigger. Um, to a bigger screen, it's like it—it it makes it feel like gritty in in a way. And um, yeah. there's something there's something very gorgeous about uh, about the movie. Um, I agree with you about those those couple of moments where where you're like, "Did that? Do we need that? Um, <laughs> that like super handheld or like that super documentary style? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but but to me totally not a flaw in the movie. Um, I, I, you know, I don't even, I don't even care about that because the, um, the, the characters really are the, you know, the emotional impact and the, the writing of the movie um, is kind of what draws you in the most and is what keeps you there. And then on top of that compounded is the, the sort of effectiveness of the filmmaking. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's just super impressive. I, I can't, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Um, especially because like it's, it's totally underrated in so many ways. People don't Mm. know about it. Um, and, and it's such a, such a beautiful movie and such a movie that has so much to say. Um, and and is just overlooked entirely. I, I don't know what it is, yeah. but, but I, I almost feel like I'm like the sole champion of this movie. And I was back in the day, you know, when three years ago or whatever. Um, I was when it came out. Um, I, I was saying like, this movie is, is amazing and is something to, to behold, um, and should not be slept on. But unfortunately I, I do actually feel like it has been slept on. Um, and I feel like it's it's a movie. Um, and unfortunately, I you know I don't don't. And um, we're gonna get into this when we talk about um, Trey Edward Schultz, um, who is gonna be our last movie of the month. But um, there are a lot of directors now in in sort of who who kind of were, you know, maybe shining stars or or early talents who have kind of been. I don't want to say put it on the back burner but um you know who I'm afraid are uh being looked at with you know being looked at as as like eh, but are they money makers you know like are can we funnel them into into Marvel movies like are we going to, are we going to ma- be able to make a billion dollars off of them eh, maybe mm. not um and that's what I get afraid of and actually Villeneuve was one of those directors until dune dune success um who i i had been constantly saying like yeah but he hasn't made a movie that had made money basically um yeah you know and and that's that's not technically true like many of his movies um uh gross back more than than uh like technically gross back more than they they were they costed um but you know, partially, like that—that's not what counts. It's like if the if the studio is looking at it like, meh, pretty disappointing. That's bad. That's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. Um. Come on, guys, go watch
1: uh, Arrival. Go watch Sicario. Yeah. Go watch Dune. You
0: know. Yeah, and uh, like all of those movies, um, which I consider to be very, very, you know, very, very good. Um, all of those movies were pretty soft and didn't do very yeah. well. Um, yeah. and same with this movie, where where I'm like i mean la la land i think so first whiplash and we should talk about this as you know we talked about whiplash um where do you think this compares to with with whiplash in terms of of his filmmaking style um so yeah i mean we didn't we didn't clarify this but um i i had no idea he did whiplash
1: (laughs) and you said la la land so this is his third movie yes yeah um I gotta say, if I had three movies under my belt, I'd be proud. I can't. Yeah, it, it's just it, like,
0: yeah, if you had those three movies that you did, yeah. you'd be, yeah. <laughs> um and that's better, yeah. that's a good wow. that's a good lineup for sure.
1: Seriously, he's yeah, he's I, batting I mean, in
0: my mind. He's batting at a hundred percent. So,
1: <laughs> I think that Whiplash is a more exciting film yeah i'm not entirely sure how to put it yeah sure but i don't think it's as deep i totally Um, agree i think that the movie is very fun because of jazz and i don't even like it's one of those movies that you're just like um you just you need to see the next performance actually strangely kind of like a movie we were talking about earlier bohemian rhapsody um but I do think that the drama is elevated to 11 compared to Bohemian Rhapsody's drama just being kind of bland. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of that movie. We've reviewed it on this podcast. La La Land is interesting because I haven't finished it. I kind of tur- turn it off halfway through. Um, I'm not a musical guy and that upsets a lot of people when I say I turn off that. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, Cameron. You gave me a little sneer. It's fine. No, no, no. Um, It's a,
0: it's a, we, we actually talked about this before. Um, I, I don't begrudge anybody for not being a musical person. Um, and I can understand why people wouldn't be uh, but i do think i do think la la land is something special regardless of if you if you like musicals or not so
1: i will go out on a limb and say this right now i did not give it enough of a chance i have no doubt that the movie is special um i'm not saying it's a bad movie it just wasn't catching me because they were singing and if i would just put that aside for a moment i probably would be able to get through the movie and really appreciate it but i was just kind of like you know, nobody's forcing me to watch this. I don't need to. (laughs) So yeah, you know, Um, and like I was watching it with Jules and she just, I don't know. I think she like fell asleep or something. And I was like, well, yeah that's the night you know i'm not gonna finish it you know uh, so i mean like if i was watching something like mad max and she fell asleep i would be like yeah i'm all the way through you know i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah, finish yeah. it she won't know fair. the difference right F- fair um, enough but so- uh, but
0: i i do recommend that movie a lot um i think i think that's it's such a good movie and you know um my girlfriend is also someone who does not really like musicals um and also re- uh, enjoyed that movie so um you know, that, that's, that's kind of my gauge in a lot of ways. Um, I, I'm someone who, who, you know, I like musicals. Um, it's never been a bother for me to, you know, to have people singing. Um, I don't like every musical. Um, and there are many musicals that I think are, are genuinely just bad that, that people like. Um, I think cats is terrible. They had the, the, the original cats, um, the cats, cats, the movie is also terrible, but, um, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of musicals that, um, uh, just, just don't, I don't know. There's, there's something there's, there's an, a different element to them than, than movies. Um, and it doesn't really translate always. Um, but that movie specifically, I think is genuinely, there's something genuinely great about about La La Land, um, the, and, and I, tra- I say, like, transcendent about it. Um,
1: the The argument, the argument around um, Whiplash being a musical, like then I guess at that point I'm like kind of on board.
0: I don't know why I always think about you <laughs> just don't Impossible. want people to, uh, people to like break out in song. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think- understand that, but it's it's I think you're wrong, but I I can get it. I, I can I understand. understand. About, yeah, I always think about like
1: Rogue Nation and that scene in the opera where they're like trying to snipe each other and stuff <laughs> in Mission Impossible. <laughs> I'm like, now that's a musical I'd watch. You know? like, <laughs> that's like, I'm like, oh, this is like ten, way more interesting than people like shuffling their hands in the street or whatever the heck is going on in in movies like that, you know? So um, anyways, back to this this film. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's knocking it out of the park. For, yeah even even for a movie that i didn't finish it there's no doubt there's excellence with it so go watch first man i think that yeah um i don't know like i'm kind of ready to jump to giving it a rating cameron i know you might have a few more things to say but for me it's like i think this movie's for everyone i think it's like easily recommendable yeah. for everyone which is it's like I, not even like, it's weird. Cause it, for me after seeing it, I'm like, it's not even out of left field, but I feel like most people would be like, are you serious? Like, out of all the movies that you guys have watched and not given this rating, I'm like, yeah, but it's just, it's great. I don't know. It's, 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 it's really easy to watch.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny because obviously the show is pitched as a movie, you know, we watch classics, um, and this is movie from a couple of years ago that, that got basically no <laughs> recognition. So, right. you know, this is not, this is verified, not a classic, um, <laughs> but I, I I totally agree. This is for everybody, and it's it's a it's a shame that people um did not watch this when it came out and, and don't regard it as as a great movie because it it genuinely is. Um, <laughs> there's there's something about this movie that uh is so so special. Um, and the I don't know. I I think thematically, like the the idea of being faced almost with like like certain death um in you know they they, obviously you know that he comes home um you know you you know that neil armstrong lives um but character wise and and in context of the movie you know there's no there's absolutely no certainty and and almost you know it's it's kind of positioned as like this is this is an extremely dangerous mission you know there's there's almost there's almost no chance that he's coming home and you know that that sequence where where she she has him sit down with with his kids and say just fantastic it's it's amazing um and you know there there's something about this this movie that um like I think highly regards Um, fatherhood and the, the incredible weight of being a father and also motherhood too. Um, I think, I, I guess just parenthood, especially like, like it, it really cements the fact that, you know, these people leave an impact on, on their kids' lives and there's something important about, about being there. Um, and almost as important as, as going to the moon, you know, it's, there's something so, um, there's something so beautiful. And I, 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 uh, the first time that I saw this and it, it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't quite as impactful, but, um, you know, it didn't, I knew it was coming, so it didn't hit me as emotionally. Um, the first time when, when he left his, um, you know, he left that, that bracelet, um, it really, really like devastated me, um, mm. when I saw it the first time. Yeah. And, you know, it reminded me of, of that, of a book that my mom used to read to me called, you know, To the Moon and Back. Um, and there was something about it that, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't shake, but, um, but love how how respectful and um genuine that relationship was um even though you only get a few glimpses um you know and i i i think i think it's important i i don't know i think there's something so important about about that um that interaction in the in the very beginning between yeah um neil and and his daughter karen um and the just i don't know i don't
1: know like it's so brief and so traumatizing um the way that they do like the grave lowering yeah Uh, in the beginning is just like
0: you just hear the crank and yeah yeah, it's it's so sad It it it's it's like reminiscent in in a in some ways of, of like the feeling that you get in hereditary. Um, Yeah. Uh. Where it's like, it's, it's, it's like, there's, there's just like this devastation. Um, Hereditary, obviously it's like dialed up to like, like 13, but like in this movie, you feel like there's, you feel the loss, um, but you feel like the, the need to move on, Um, the need to, to do something um, again, do something great, and 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 then the dedication at the end is is so so powerful. Um, I think what's
1: yeah what what makes that ending scene so just moving is that when a father and a man who's caring and good like achieves something so great like his heart and his mind is still on like his family yeah his kids you know yeah and it's like i think we've all kind of had moments where you're in the middle of something and you're just like well this is great but i'm ready to like go home you know like i'm ready to be home or i'm ready to be in i'm I'm ready to look forward to going back somewhere or or reflecting or being nostalgic on something that was you know yeah i don't know i i've had moments like that in life myself so i do i i was really touched by this movie i do think that um you gotta watch it you're not gonna you're not gonna be bored like most biopics oh yeah you're not gonna be rolling your eyes it
0: is it it is actually also a great action movie too. like yeah, <laughs> like yeah. actually genuinely like and, and i like how we're not really talking about that that much because i wouldn't say it's the focus of the movie either but right. um th- it is very intense and so many sequences where you're like on the, totally on the edge of your seat um even though you know like you you know the story everybody knows yeah. um yeah th- you know what happens to neil armstrong well but what
1: what I think is interesting is that there are a lot of moments in the story and the action um that revolve around tragedy that kind of shock you as a viewer um and it 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 puts it really puts you to like a moment of like whoa I don't know if I I didn't realize like how many sacrifices were made for people to get to the point that they're at you know I I didn't realize how difficult it was for nasa to to push these boundaries and they establish it really early on in the movie with like oh we're gonna we're gonna do something that's so far out technologically that like it's gonna leave the russians behind and the sacrifices that are made are are kind of critiqued by the the public and really taken hard by the the men who are working to achieve this goal i mean um i don't know it's apollo 11 and not many people think Think about the other ten missions too much. So um, at least, I mean, Cameron and I obviously didn't live through that. And so it's like we don't have any sort of nostalgic attachment to experiencing or remembering, you know, the moon landing. Um, so it's kind of yeah. I think I think kind of revisiting the fact that Apollo Eleven was the eleventh mission is like, oh wow, I didn't realize kind of how and in, how intense this situation is for the explorers who are going out there. So, yeah, I, th- I think that wraps it up for me, Cameron,
0: anything else you want to add? No. Yeah. I, um, I just highly, highly recommend this movie. I, I feel like it was totally passed over. Um, and it's a shame cause it's, it's a genuinely good one. Um, and I, you know, I want to, I want to break this out into sort of what we're talking about through the rest of the month. Um, in terms of you know who these modern directors are um i think there's you know obviously there's many more that we can't cover um and and i think there's there's some that we'll go over who maybe are kind of dark horse picks i guess um for me they are people who who have kind of shown themselves to be great um shown themselves to to be um you know, worthy of sort of the mantle in, 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 some ways. Um, but I, I would also love to hear people's suggestions of, of who sort of is, you know, who are the great directors of now? Who are the, the great directors upcoming in the next 15 years? Um, I want to know, cause, cause it's, it's interesting to think about, um, sort of, where we're going to go in, you know in this this new direction for me i i was actually i was always considering the fact that there's so many people on youtube there's so many people who are you know doing film criticism um i thought for sure that there was going to be a, a breakthrough of those people you know jumping into um you know, jumping into the creative world, uh, jumping into either directing or writing or something. Um, and there's really only been one or two that have, you know, you know, broken that, that barrier. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see if it, if it happens genuinely. Um, but I, I, I don't know now I'm, now I'm, thinking there's, there's not that there's no hope for, you know, modern directors, but I'm thinking that, you know, there are slim pickings for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in, in kind of going through the next, um, the next few weeks. And next up is, uh, we're going to talk more about Denis Villeneuve who kind of made his, um, he debuted two French movies in, uh, you know, 2007, 2009. Um, but really his career sort of, um, picked up and sort of to take off, um, with, uh, the movie that we're going to talk about this, uh, this next week. Which is prisoners. So um, very excited for that. I am also very excited for that. Also, you know, he's not—he's not necessarily young. He's fifty-four. So you know, I don't (laughs) want to like—I don't. But when he made prisoners, he was—he was actually very young, um, as far as directors go. And um, he's someone who who kind of has come out the gate swinging and has has proven himself to be um, masterful in what he does in the last, you know uh almost you know the last less than 10 years i mean it's it's kind of insane how how much he's he's proven himself so um yeah so i'm i'm excited to talk about him and and we'll kind of uh i'm sure we'll we'll talk more about dune and uh kind of where he's going to go from here but uh yeah oh yes
1: Oh yes, I'm itching to talk about Dune, camera yeah I'm like me too. almost vetoing anything that you have to say like I need that to be an episode
0: <laughs> all right yeah well let's so, let's do it. let's do it. yeah um I just want to close
1: out the show uh, with another question from one of our patrons. Um, you know where to find our patreon if you want to support us uh, this is coming from Juzo Greenwood, one of our you know guests who comes on the show very insightful with film. he asked this. What is something uh, that if a movie has it, is automat- it automatically gets points for you? Like my friend Jim, who always likes a movie a tad more if there's a scene of kids playing soccer in the street. <laughs> I could also ask this question in reverse too, like uh, movie pet peeves or something like that. And he states, for me, it's musical sing-alongs and dance sequences. Also cross-cutting, neon lights, sequences of food being prepared, and endings with a kiss or an embrace, Cameron. Anything that if a movie has it, it's just points for you. Mm. Done deal.
0: Mm. Yeah, I. I mean, I think I think there's something to be said about um, um, those kind of. I I I don't want to say like food preparation sequences, but just like um, I love like prep montages. There's so many of them. Like if, mm-hmm. if even if an action movie has like a sequence where they're, you know, they're getting ready, <laughs> you know, like I love that. I love those those sequences. Um, and that to me, that gets that gets points. Um, I would also say um, a movie that has like a, a final a final showdown, but like a true like prolonged final showdown. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's like something that is like, is like really strung out with like the bad guy is just like so evil, but so menacing and scary, you know, like, and, and there's like, there's a nervousness about it. Um, I, I think this, this movie, uh, would count. I, I think first man kind of has a final showdown, um, mm. in it structurally where it's, you know, the final showdown is getting to the moon, obviously. Um, yeah. So like, I, I love that kind of that sequence of, of being like the ultimate test, I guess. Um, uh, I think, I think that's, you know, that's, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, and especially if it's like leaned into a bit, um, there, there's a lot of like final showdowns where it's like, it's like, eh, you know, it is, but it's like, it, it they kind of cheap out. Um, I want them to lean into it. I, you know, be be the final showdown. Like that's 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 awesome. You know, drag I like, it yeah.
1: out. Some some final showdowns where it's like very personal. Mm. Those are the ones 100%. that are like. I mean, I we really raved about the good, the bad, the ugly, but that ending. I mean, come on you got it. Love like it. what kind, like love you just it. know that you've been anticipating it since reading the title of the film you know yeah. so a movie like that that just has an epic finale for me actually just kind of in line with this movie and maybe part of the reason why i love it so much but when a movie does like massive planets or like space like like landscapes mm. i just am always drawn in by that i think um this movie has some just incredible moments where there's you know um when him and his partner are like halfway through they're trying to stabilize the ship um not not uh, after they dock but like when they're trying to figure out like if they if they did it correctly to dock before they dock right and he like spins the ship and you see the line the curvature of the earth right um dune has fantastic planet sequences star wars absolutely love it interstellar just mind-blowing yeah 2001 just fantastic like i just i mean i know that those are like there are a lot of like nerdy films but like when a movie can nail that sort of that look that isn't guardians of the galaxy yeah, yeah, yeah. like spacescapes, but like something that's like you know these juggernaut. You know pants. that shot
0: um, early on in in First Man, where where uh, he get he you know he's he's like you know holding on uh, to yeah. to his to his plane, and then he he hits over the atmosphere, and it shows in his in his visor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, there's something so so awesome about that. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, and then then obviously like you know when when there's like the blackness um, in. You know, in the cockpit, um, and then you see you you know you see the texture of the moon. Oh man, it's it, it, yeah, yeah, it's so it's so good. Uh, yeah, this this movie yeah. this movie does that insanely well. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: I I mean I mean, I know that there's other things I probably love in films. Stylish reloads, yeah, always gets points. Definitely, um, I think seeing the matrix trailer recently i was like oh yeah i kind of missed that like (laughs) guns as like choreography Mm -hmm. is very Mm -hmm. uh fascinating john wick does that really well too um but you know as far as pet peeves go juzo you talked about dancing and singing out of you know i've just we've we've (laughs) talked about i know absolutely not that's just (laughs) negative points for me um,
0: I, de- I, I like I know what he's saying about dancing sequences. Um, there's something very charming about that for sure. Yeah, I think um, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, yeah. Um. There's a there's a sequence in Jojo Rabbit, um, where you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, there, there's a, a dance okay, but dance that- sequence <laughs> in Jojo Rabbit that is just so so so. Are you
1: talking about the end? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but that that scene is like. I don't know. I
0: guess that's true. That is a fantastic. It's just amazing. There's, there's just, there's so much emotion and beauty in that. scene. it's just, it's just so, so, so good. Um, and it makes you feel like it. Yeah. I, I love, I mean, I love that movie, but, but I, I just, there's something so beautiful about that sequence.
1: It's delivered in so much good context. I, Oh, I've thought of another thing I I love in movies. This is just random, but we, I mean, we got to wrap it up, but, um, I love, I just, something about them, like comedic mockumentaries are just, I just love that. (laughs) I I can't get enough of it sometimes. Um, Like What We Do in the Shadows, I just, that movie is so good to me. Um, There's a movie that Cameron and I watched that was like just very inappropriate. It's called Pop Star. (laughs) What is it? Never Stop, Never Stop, Never never Stopping. stopping. (laughs) Yeah, that is just like one of the most um, aggressive, uh, like, Commentaries on pop star culture. Um, it's made by the Lonely Island guys. It's pretty But funny. we took our girlfriends to see that movie <laughs> way back at like early college. Cameron and I were laughing our heads off the entire film. Both of our girlfriends Silence. horrified. Silence, they just did not like you know what. Jules has come around to it now that she's a pop star, you know. Like, it's so like, funny, okay.
0: it's so funny, it's so good. There's it's so good, there's. Uh, you you know what never mind i'm not gonna (laughs) we should not recommend this do not go it's so funny i i recommend it yeah
1: yeah but even like what the what the office does i think it's overdone at this point um but you gotta sometimes you just need it i mean what we do in the shadows come on just good dry (laughs) mockumentary stuff so so awesome
0: i also um i also love like hard lighting cues i love it Mm. um i there's something about it that 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 just i don't know just gets me going like there's the like I, i'm reminded every time of like hot fuzz there's like this this yeah. there's so many awesome cues um in that movie, movie and that like it's totally not done um very well anymore but like you know like ba- back in in you know classic movies that would have they would have sequences where, you know, they would, that the lights would actually just dim, you know, as they, as they were like contemplating something, you know, the lights would like dim around them. Um, and we, we don't, we don't do that anymore. That's, that's like totally, totally passe. Uh, but I just love that. I think it's so, I think there's something so, um, gorgeous about that. I, I don't know why. Um, yeah, watch Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, watch Hot Fuzz. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: That movie is. I mean, if you get anything from this episode, just go watch Hot Fuzz. <laughs> that's what I'd say. I, I, I think that's the perfect way to close it. um <laughs> We could ramble on for a lot longer, Cameron. Any? I want to give you a chance to talk about pet peeves. Uh, did you say anything? I don't remember. I Recently, d- I didn't.
0: Like, um. Yeah. Pet pet peeves for me. Um. I don't. I I don't like when movies are. Um, it's so funny because I, I just recommended Dune, but Dune does this so much. Um, yeah, I don't like when movies are a setup for for the next movie. I don't like that. Um, I want movies to be encapsulated, you know, in one sort of one story. Um, and I, and I will say. You know, don't want to spoil it, but Dune dude has a way of doing that. Um, it's a little convoluted, <laughs> but um, my my example of this is like is like Civil War, Captain America: Civil War is not a movie. It's like an episode of a TV show, <laughs> um, and I I hate that movie because
1: I don't, I don't know. I, sh- I shut I just up. I disagree about you. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is. I think one. I think it is it's, a very special. Oh, it's, movie. it's not.
0: It's not good. Minus um, minus
1: the airport. I feel like if they just deleted the airport scene. That what do you mean deleted? Is, that's is like a
0: linchpin. That's like that's like the scene. That's the scene in the movie. That's but that's like what I'm saying is that that
1: scene takes away from what that movie is trying to focus on. So for, which is all right for
0: me. For me, that movie has nothing to do with like. For me, that movie is just a setup for the next for the next couple of Marvel movies, um, which which is so, which is so annoying. Um, uh, I mean, I guess that's true in the context of of like what you're actually talking about, but it's not a contained story. It really isn't. Um, I, I just don't, I don't like, I I don't like how it's, it's, it doesn't feel like a movie. Um, and I just, I just can't get on board with that. That's so that's, that's like a number one pet peeve for me. It's I like think, when, when movies are not contained, um, and they, they feel like they have no, no, it it feels like there's no direction for me. Uh, um, middle movies, middle movies in a franchise that are, it's not just that much... it's not just that though. I, I don't mean I middle movies. I mean, movies that are not, um, that are not st- Like. like contained stories because obviously empire is a, is a contained story. Um, although it doesn't, doesn't work Mm. without the rest of the the movies and, uh, and, and two towers is a contained story though. It doesn't work without the rest of the movies. I'm not saying like, that's, I'm not saying you, you have to be like divorced from the rest of the movies. I'm saying movies that are, that are not stories without the rest of the movies. um, but uh, oh my goodness
1: we could go we could literally go for (laughs) now but civil war is like i feel like the movie's conflict and setup has to do with like two main characters disagreeing on like some sort of like i don't know kind of like a philosophical like like restraint on you know like i feel like the movie is actually kind of I I think it's good. I think it's deeper than most of the Marvel movies if I'm if I'm going to be honest.
0: Yeah, I just I I don't I I don't see it as I see it as an as an episode of TV. Um as a as a, you know, sort of a cornerstone for the rest of the the franchise. Um Well, let's I let's don't just I agree. don't see it I don't see it as a as an, an a contained story. Um, well, let's just agree and say that Fellowship of the
1: Ring is like a perfect movie. Oh, there 100%. Like, yeah. They're, yes, they're, yes, like, yes. Talk about like tying a bow.
0: I heard this but great Fellowship critique. is, is all, a, almost a perfect movie. I mean, it just yeah. it genuinely is. Yeah.
1: I heard this great take about the first Dune, uh, or well, the Dune that we, we've been talking about. this, uh, The latest release that we've been going on and on about and comparing it to The Fellowship. And one of the critiques that I've heard about this, the newest Dune um, that we just watched is that it feels like the Fellowship, except it goes on for like 10 minutes too long at the end or something like that, Mm -hmm. Um, which I don't know if I agree with it after seeing it a second time, but it's just kind of interesting as you reflect on the Fellowship being like, wow, they really do like... They're able to tie up the story and give you so much anticipation for what's to come, but it's like such a great conclusion at the yeah. end. It's so moving, you
0: know. Um, yeah, no, yeah, hundred percent. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if it well we we'll, t- well, let's talk about it later.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, well, yeah, we talk about movies. Uh, you can you know where to support us. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for giving us a week off. Um, also, the reason we took a week off, potentially. I mean, if you haven't read the Patreon post, I I will admit I had a little bit of an experience watching a movie that I didn't want to review on this show. But that's some great content that Cameron and I are going to tap into eventually here on Patreon. I think there's a great discussion there. I know I've talked to a few of you Patreons about it. Personally, if you want to read what happened, uh, you can check out our Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. It's a public post, so you can read about it. Um if you want to learn more and we will revisit it, but come on, Dune, we got to talk about, we basically talked about doing this one. Cameron, it's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to happen. going you ha- guys. I agree. Yeah. We, <laughs> we post every Monday. Uh, thanks for supporting us